Velkommen til Mellemrum, en podcastserie om uafhængige udstillingssteder og projektrum i København. Mit navn er Torbjørn S. Andersen, jeg er selv udøvende billedkunstner, og jeg er nysgerrig på den underskov af uafhængige udstillingssteder, som nu præsenterer flere hundrede udstillinger årligt. Jeg tager ud og besøger nogle af projektrummene og hører om deres sted, deres vilkår, ambitioner, deres udfordringer og de mange muligheder inden for denne boblende del af kunstscenen. I dette afsnit er jeg hos udstillingsstedet Aggerworks Tørloftet på Værmelandsgade på Amager. Her møder jeg grundlæggerne Sarah McNulty og Steffen Levering. Sarah fortæller om stedet på engelsk, og Steffen taler om sin nuværende interesse med et filmprogram på Aggerworks. Velkommen til Mellemrum. I am here in Aggerworks today with Steffen Levering and Sarah McNulty. We'll take this one in English because uh, this is your first language, Sarah. Yeah. Would you tell me a little bit about Agarworks, where we are and what kind of exhibition space are you? So we started, uh, it actually started as a project called Turloft. So it's a series of uh, projects that we started in 2015 in a different space. We've been running a program for the last six or seven years. Um, and then two years ago, we moved into Agarworks, the space we're now, which is a, an industrial garage space in the former Ega gas factory, uh, which has now moved out, but is the current artist studios for up to around maybe 50 artists uh, in Amiable. So it's kind of a continuation of, an, uh, of a larger program that we started in a drying attic, which is why the name is uh, comes from Terloft. When we moved from London, we started a series of um, first exhibitions and residencies and concerts and different sort of collaborative projects in this uh, this drawing attic for a number of years there, um, which has kind of expanded to two other sites. Two years ago, we cleared out this large industrial garage space at that point to continue the program here in the space. Just to make clear, so you had a previous exhibition space that then moved to this program that we see here, which is now called Aga Works. Turloft is the project, and because the nature of the program is that we're using these various sites, which are temporary okay. sites, which the site in itself is, which kind of initiates it, it will, at this point, it's in Aga Works site. It's a temporary site. We're, we're set to move out in a couple of years. The Turloft site, when we moved in there, was a was sort of in a holding pattern because it was set to be turned into penthouse apartments. So it was this kind of opportunity to use, like, massive and interesting spaces which were available in this temporary period which was interesting both in its physical properties but also in in what it is and what it's going to become and i think that was also an element of this there's this kind of amazing space which is you know very very heavy in its characteristics and and it was sort of sitting there in this again temporary period where um, where artists are working it's the same kind of it's connected to the kind of site production sites of artists and um, it's just had such great potential i think in that way Works is this, when we say garage, it's an mm. industrial garage. It has a roller shutter from floor to ceiling. It's very big. It's a almost like cubic kind of space. It's like three, four meters tall. Mm. The walls are tiled with some really beautiful, strange grayish brown tiles. Mm. And it has the these also metal surfaces inside from the roller shutter. So it's it's a really particular space you found there. Yeah, I think that was what was so interesting about it. It has so many different qualities to it. It's it's not a clean space. It's not a white space in any way. It has the tiles. It has the metal. Everything about it already is, uh, is its own kind of character. And the fourth wall opens up to the street, so it's a busy street. So it also changes the nature of, of the sound and the weather and the movement of the space. It changes the accessibility in terms of it being open to a street. So in terms of the program that we ran before, when it's very 
kind of hidden space. It was a space that you had to enter from uh, from our apartment, come in, and that way suddenly we we thought the potential of this space it opens up to the street, and you have a completely different audience who doesn't doesn't know what they're expecting in that way, and ask engages with it in a completely different way. So, is the exhibitions open to the street when they open? Yes. Yeah, usually they are. Uh, we leave it up to the artist, depending on what work they're showing and the nature of um, what they need for their show. But primarily it's open. Sometimes it's halfway open. If it's a screening, then it's it's closed. But for the most, they've been open to the street. Does that mean that there are people come in from the street as well and people stop by? Or is it mostly people coming here who know the space? It's a bit of both. I think people who, who come to the space, there's an audience of, of artists and people who are interested in art and know about the space or know the artists that are involved. So we still have that sort of audience there, but it, it's opened up, which is very different from from the previous space to to people who come in and, and don't know what they're looking at or are quite surprised. It's very much like a kind of passageway space here between Paus Boulevard and Christmas um, Müller's Place. So it's really kind of a site where people are commuting back and forth. Uh, it's very industrial space. It's kind of factories around, so there's no... Um, kind of apartments or, or residential things but it's like a space between things so we've gotten a different audience and a different kind of approach which we've also tried to incorporate but I think it's not terribly I think it's not terribly public I think the the focus of it has been to engage to engage projects in a way to to start new collaborations from the beginning it was really a sense of inviting artists that we knew we both studied and lived in London for so long and we came here so it was really to um, invite international artists to continue this kind of collaboration with the the artists that we'd uh, studied with and worked with and, and the dialogue that was there to continue that here and then kind of open that up into um, as it developed in Copenhagen. The nature of it has changed because of the space. It's very kind of a trafficked environment. So you have to really respond to to the surroundings and that way to work with it. And that's the, the sort of premises of it as well, to give uh, give artists a different kind of space environment to work within. It's been key for us to invite the artists themselves. There's no sort of thematic um, structure in that way. It's mm. been very focused to invite artists, which we can see either some interesting overlaps or oppositions in a way. And we never, we haven't selected the work. It's really to have them create new work in some way, have a new collaboration. So it's really been to set it up so that they can work together. They define what it is going to be. So for us, we're kind of bystanders rather than define what it's what it's going to be about and leave that kind of openness for it to um, to not work in a way or to become something else than we anticipated, mm. I think has been quite key. In terms of it being uh, next to the studios and the studio building, is that also part of the community of artists? Yeah, it's very much a site of, of production in a way because it's a, uh, for the most part, they're very kind of uh, invisible production, you know. Some of the exhibitions have also uh, taken that on in a way. The exhibition that we did last year in the in the, the parking lot sort of deal with some of the nature of the actual site and what that means in terms of uh, the places artists work, the, the possibility, the kind of sites, what's going to happen to an area like this. Uh, why it's available at this time and, and the kind of future of these industrial spaces, which both have kind of amazing potential and also are temporary. We've had a, an end date to it year after year for many of the, the years that we've been here. So how do we work within these parameters and what what is our role in, in the way the city develops in that way? And and what could we do with that in the meantime? Can we, can we use the space in a different way rather than let it sit there? The artists in the building have been involved. So there's that kind of natural um, progression. It's a different way to get to know artists as well, to see them create a, a show or to see their practice. Absolutely. I know you also, to some extent, collaborate with other project spaces in Copenhagen. For some people in the project spaces, the network between the spaces is important and for others it's maybe less important. How do you see it as being part of a bigger network in Copenhagen? It's interesting because I think it's changed a lot. I think initially um, 
having come from abroad, it was very much a way to to set the network with with international artists. When we started here at Ego Works two years ago, the program we decided to have it. The semi-structure was to have an international artist and a local artist, what that means to whether or not you're living here or you've studied abroad or how that combination was that kind of curiosity of how other artists are working in spaces and and how we saw that running in, in London. It was very kind of a natural thing to use space in that way in other in other cities. I think that was what drew us to these these spaces, that there's there's not that much physical space that's not been redeveloped already or doesn't sit in that that holding pattern for so long. And, you know, it was in London and in New York before that. It's just like this amazing kind of luxury to have the possibility to do that. So I think we came with that energy. I think um, central to it is to develop these relationships through looking at each other's work and through inviting other people in that way. So it's been a really interesting process to come into it that way. And I think there's amazing there's amazing stuff happening here. I remember we were quite surprised when we moved to, to Copenhagen to see how many things there are. You know, there's this, this funding structure and this thing that allows for certain projects to last, maybe not for such a long time, but which didn't exist in... Um, in other places that we live, we felt sort of obligated to use it. I think that's a good and very positive yeah. thing to remind ourselves yeah. in the everyday grind because it's also a precarious existence for a lot of exhibition spaces. And I can see that maybe you have an independence that means you're not so threatened by the idea of the instability of it all. Just to say that it's it's good to remind ourselves maybe of this really positive starting point. Yeah, and it has both sort of positive and negative aspects to it. And at the same time, we wanted to do something that was not reliant on funding in that way. We're both practicing artists. We want to do the work that that we're doing. So it was something that that could happen organically, and that was uh, you know it's a lot of extra time and, and process. I think this is what's interesting when you talk to other project spaces working here and the way that they work. I think this is the other part of the, in terms of funding process, right? I think for us, something I noticed that, you know, the advantage of the fact that there's funding and there's so much potential, a lot of things are also planned so far in advance and the funding is, and the project itself has so many parameters defined ahead of time so that the work that's produced um, feels defined ahead of time. So I think we wanted to set mm. up a space where that isn't defined in a way that somebody could come in and create something that they hadn't anticipated or with somebody that they hadn't met before and really kind of make it more of an organic and experimental process in that way with room for failure or that it's that it's not exhibited, that it becomes something else. We never really called it an exhibition space in the beginning, I think, intentionally, so that it could be a place for production or some other form of, of making. When we are speaking here, I remember... Mm -hmm because I have seen a number of the shows here. I have also participated in one, has to be said. <laughs> But I remember seeing one of the, well, in fact, there's two maybe that illustrate some of the things you're talking about, some of the mm. themes. The one I'm thinking of is the one with Charlotte Tran, where she had a car parked in the garage mm -hmm. and she has things spilling out. And there was a sound piece by... Yeah, Olga Benedicta had made mm. a sound piece that That's was right. set on when you went inside the car. And another exhibition that we spoke about, maybe was a good example yeah. of the show, was an exhibition with Sonia Almeida. Yeah, that was the exhibition Sonia Almeida and Maunus Felix Clausen had, I think, the second exhibition when we moved here into Ega Works. So it was quite early on. Um And we had uh, invited both of them. I was interested. There were two artists that did not know each other. I knew Sonia is a Portuguese artist working in the U.S. Um, that I know from London. And Maunus is working here in Copenhagen. And I was interested in both of their practices in terms of they're both working with painting in, in various forms, kind of expanded painting. And there were certain things that I thought were interesting in combination of their practice or in relation to each other and also very different from each other. And the uh, certain overlaps in terms of... Um, bookmaking processes and the kind of visual 
the way they use language. You know, it was a painting show where a series of things that had a lot to do with kind of their paintings as, as kind of contents, this idea of kind of a vessel. Yeah, so we put them together because I thought it'd be interesting to see their work in combination and see the dialogue that they had between their work. Um, and in the show, Sonia created a, a large fabric piece called Pockets and Lies. And it was um, a fabric piece with a lot of things that you had to, to see a lot of the work you had to take the work out. There were books in it. There were things rolled up and there were various sides to it. And it was something that was hanging from the ceiling. So it was something you had to very much interact with. Her work deals a lot with, with language, how language is learned and how language is kind of shared and adapted. So you see sometimes overlapping forms of disparate forms of language in a single piece in a way. So you don't see all of it or, or it shifts depending on your perspective. And Maunus had a work where he had a series of um, a selection of objects from his studio, so wrapped up in a black kind of plastic packing. So all of his things were very much inside. You couldn't actually see them. You could sort of see the bulges and the shapes and the forms. It became very much as it felt like a very kind of figure as well. So they had this very different way of dealing with painting, uh, maybe painting historically and what painting is now as a as a container for other things or how we read mm. visual language. Mm -hmm. And we also, for that show, we invited um, Barry Schwabsky, the American uh, critic and historian, to also write a piece in relationship. And I guess in terms of, in terms of text related to the show, we've, we've invited writers to think of it more as a collaboration. It was not to write about their practices or to write about the show. We didn't necessarily even know the, the work that was going to be made, but to, to tell him some of the ideas that we're working on or some of the discussions. And then he created a series of um, dialogues and parables with some connection to painting. So that became like a third, third element within the show, this, this publication that was uh, produced in, in connection with the, with the process that had happened. How is it looking for Eggerworks? What's, what's going to come Next, if we can look a little bit into the future here, what's yeah, uh, we have um, we've got a show coming up next month with Christina Bengtsson and Kevin Malcolm. So we've got a show, yeah, around the corner, and then we've got a series of about three or four projects uh, after the summer. So we're kind of continuing some of the um, the projects that we really wanted to do. At the same time, the space itself is has been set to close, or the the factory has been has its sort of end date at the end of the year. Um, this is an end date which sort of both enabled the space to become. A space in the first place, so we um, we sort of take it with a grain of salt. I think there's a potential that it'll extend from there. So we're really trying to use it in um, as much as possible in the time that we have it, and think about what other the next kind of form that it will take. I think it's it's always been a, a step in the in this kind of shifting form of where it would be next. Your exhibition platform it's almost like a method or yeah an independent vehicle from. The space. Yeah, the space itself becomes a kind of starting point for the projects at that moment, but mm. they also relate to what's going on in the city. I think that's also why last year was quite important for us. At the time when the, the factory had moved out, we made this show outside. We had the, the parking, the pay show in the, the fall there, where we invited all the artists to work outside this idea of it as a space, as a as an artist production space, as the fact that suddenly the the fact that we had it available, the parking spots were empty and uh, we used the building, all the things that had happened to kind of use them in the time that they're available. So mm. there we spilled out and we had all the physical works in the exterior and the outdoor space around the building and up the building and down in basements and these other things that have kind of developed along the way. Also had the possibility of decaying, right? It was kind of, you know, they're outside, they could merge or shift in some some form. Some are last that we re rebuilt the, the light box and set up things that are more permanent things. But again, things that have been left in the in the changing nature of, of this area. The factory itself, their slogan, 
making our world more productive. So that was kind of a starting point in terms of like what production is and to have this thing where the, the physical works were, were outside. And then we had the screening of works uh, inside the garage, so all the physical works. It was a great exhibition to explore, that's true, the industrial surrounding and also the history of that, how it's yeah. it's ending, it's moving, something else is going to come in. I think it's an important thing that we kind of see these things as well, because you know the same thing happens in, in every major city. This is the kind of spaces that we work in. So what do you kind of do with that that process? And we wanted to really be able to to use the the potential in it and take that on also. I mean, that one in terms of the, um, the ideas that we were discussing, what kind of, what is labor? What does it look like? What is this kind of very invisible artist production um, become? And also that was the way we could work with international artists at that time because because of Corona, because of Brexit, mm. certain things have made it much harder to continue the, the, the intentions that we've had. Mm. So it was a way to bring this kind of non-physical work and still be able to, to have these collaborations with, with international artists on those subjects, which are very much kind of international topics that all artists are, are familiar with or people living in cities. So it was a case of using it to its potential and, and highlighting what's going on and also creating opportunities for artists to, to make work and, and to collaborate. We'll definitely be thinking about what the next form of it will be. I think the basis of the program is that it is a impermanent space, an impermanent situation, but how can you use it as a kind of generative basis to develop ideas and work? Thanks very much. Mm -hmm. That was really great to hear. This is going to be a conversation in two parts. Stefan is going to talk about his interest in experimental filmmaking, which is a part of the, the program that's happening here. Yeah. Thanks very much for great. talking about AG Works and Tørreloftet. Thanks, Norman. Stefan, du vil snakke lidt om eksperimenterende film og projektion, som også er noget, som er del af baggrunden for dit kunstneriske virke, hvor du arbejder med performance, lyd og projektion. Men mm. du har arrangeret en del indslag her på Aga Works. Jamen, altså det, det startede egentlig øh, i, i London med sådan forskellige samarbejder, hvor folk ligesom blev inviteret til at lave arbejder i forskellige fængselsceller i, i Deptford øh, Old Prison og andre steder også. Tit øh, er vi også lidt i, i sagens natur omkring steder, som er lidt pressende akustisk. Så, så lyden øh, på en måde bliver en skærende element, eller, eller får en lidt anden tilstand. Jeg har arbejdet med, med lyd og, og billede og den sammenhæng altså, siden min studietid, og sammensat de her programmer, og så mange forskellige steder som muligt, og også lidt udbryder steder fra øh, tørreloftet i en beboerkælder der i, i ejendommen, men også øh, i kiosk 7, som vi, vi havde til rådighed i omkring halvandet år, og, og prøve at bruge de forskellige rum, der ligesom er, er til rådighed ud fra, ud fra deres egen bedste properties. Øh. De bedste muligheder, der er i de rum? Eller? Ja, om, om, omstændighederne og hvad, hvad rummet ligesom lægger op til og bærer om. Ja, fordi det er noget helt andet i hvert fald at vise film i en, en garage i en industribygning, end det er i en biograf eller galeri. Helt bestemt, både med, med lyd og billede. Til det sidste program, øh, altså i, i forbindelse med den her øh, parkeringsudstilling, øh, samlede vi også et program øh, indendørs til screening med en, en god håndfuld kunstner øh, og, og satte det op i, øh, i garagen med en, en screening på to vægge, så at de her billeder på en måde stod både på kakkelflisevæggen og også øh, ved siden af på en af metalportene, som er i rummet og, og også gav på en måde selvfølgelig det samme, men også øh, en mærkelig tilstand, hvor det ligesom ikke handlede nødvendigvis om den information eller den narrativ, der var i filmene, men mere en form for tilstand af tilstedeværelse eller utilstedeværelse, og også lidt med det her arbejdstema øh, på en måde, som vi arbejdede ud fra, at der er noget bevægelse, enten i hvad man ligesom ser i videoen, eller, eller en, en fysisk bevægelse, at videoen ligesom bevæger sig, at noget sker omkring det, eller at kameraet i nogle af filmene bevæger sig på en særlig måde. 
nu snakkede vi lige kort forinden om Johan Luf, som er en af de kunstnere, du viste. Og ja. tage ham som et eksempel. Ja, han har været til, til stede i, i flere screeningerne, og vi har også vist et, et par af hans film i en kælder. En østrisk øh, filmkunstner, som arbejder egentlig meget langvarigt på projekter, hvor han øh, sætter skinner op og, og, og ligesom laver kamerarejser ved hjælp af, af stillbilleder, så det nærmest er en animation, men bliver til de her tredimensionelle bevægelser, og i det her tilfælde Embargo-filmen, han har lavet, hvor han ligesom cirkulerer lidt som katten om den varme grød omkring østriske våbenfabrikker i nattetid. Så kameraet følger simpelthen fabrikkernes arkitektur rundt i natten. Ja, men også deres bevægelser, lysindfaldet, og bevægelsen i sig selv skaber også nærmest en euforisk cirkulering omkring de her bygninger, altså hvor det ligesom trapper op på en eller anden måde. Gennemgående vil jeg måske også sige, at jeg arbejder selv meget med, med de her ting, det at trænge ind i sådan et lydprojekt, hvor man måske arbejder med, hvordan rummet svinger i sig selv og bruger rummet som, som højtaler, det er meget det, jeg også genanvender her i filmprogrammet. Altså, at det måske ikke handler så meget om historie eller narrativ. Det er ligesom dermed kommer til at dreje sig om mere fysiske bevægelser, tilstande, men også på en eller anden måde at kunne tune sig ind i de her tilstande i lidt hemmelige frekvenser måske, snarere end, øh, end et eller andet, jeg ligesom med tanken kan planlægge på forhånd. Nu fortæller du om det sådan visuelle æstetik og, og bevægelser og rum og arkitektur og resonans, men også at det er følelsesmæssigt, altså at det er det, der bestemmer dine valg, når du går ind og laver et program og sætter et program op. Der er meget en følelsesmæssig ting til stede. Jeg vil måske mere sige en slags fornemmen eller en måde at undersøge øh, noget på. Men er det ikke også det, man kalder, altså der er eksperiment når Sarah taler om AgaWorks som udstillingssystem, det er et sted, hvor der er plads til, at noget måske også kan fejle, eller kan få lov at optræde som et nyt eksperiment, en ny oplevelse. Er det det samme, man kan se, der går igen i programmet på den måde? Det er nogle uventede sammensætninger, der, der sker. Jo, jo, bestemt. Steffen, måske vil du fortælle lidt om, hvordan finder du de andre kunstnere, og hvad er det for nogle type kunstnere, du, du finder frem til? Jo, men fra starten af har det egentlig taget lidt udgangspunkt i, i, i de folk, jeg ligesom har arbejdet sammen med og, og kender til, men også noget, der langsomt breder sig ud. Nye mennesker kommer til og anbefaler nye ting, så jeg synes, det udvikler sig konstant. Så det er det netværk af interesser? Ja, og også måske øh, at, at finde frem til film, som på en eller anden måde vil tale det her lidt lidt anderledes sprog, og, og kan stilles ind i nogle steder, som ikke er et biograf-setup eller, eller koncertsales-setup, men kan ses på mange måder. Det giver god mening. Det er jo også sådan, jeg oplevede, da jeg så dit uh, filmprogram under udstillingen P på AgaWorks, at der var meget klar sammenhæng, og det var meget specielt udvalg egentlig af, af filmkunstnere, der var. Men jeg synes, det var virkelig stærkt, og det var interessant at se. Det der screening-format er ikke et, jeg ser så ofte på kunststederne. Det var bestemt også nogle kunstnere, jeg ikke havde stødt på før. Det her det er også en måde at vise nogle kunstnere på, som egentlig aldrig øh, er blevet vist i Danmark før. Jeg synes, det er et ret bredt program. For eksempel en kunstner som Luke McCready arbejder med utrolig mange overflader i sine film, altså animationer, hvor vi har mange forskellige lag, og så stille det op på, på de her forskellige overflader. Jeg lige så med Makino Takashi, som har en lidt længere film i programmet her, som også arbejder med lag, altså af, af celluloidfilm, hvor der ligesom er en slags spøgelsesfigur nærmest i baggrunden, der kommer mere og mere til syne, altså hvordan også lagene i rummet ligesom arbejder med, med filmen i sig selv. Tak til Agarworks for deres udstillinger, og jeg vil så opfordre til at komme ud og se noget kunst. Tak fordi du har lyttet med. Mit navn er Torbjørn S. Andersen. Jeg har produceret Mellemrum podcasten til The Lake Radio. Tak til Statens Kunstfond for at gøre denne podcast mulig.